0: This is my impersonation of Eagles fans all season long. It stings, it hurts, but seeing how the last few months have gone, it's not surprising. The Philadelphia Eagles are eliminated from playoff contention. The season that was supposed to be redemption for losing to the Super Bowl in the fashion in which they did dramatically comes to an end, not even close to getting such revenge. I am not a diehard Eagles fan, but because of fantasy football, if I had to choose one team to root for, it is the Eagles. And not even just because of that. I listen to WIP every day. It helps me get through work. I I love the personalities. I love the fans who call in. I love the fans in which, you know, most of my friends are Eagles fans. And they truly are one of the best fan bases in all sports. So it sucks when they are very much deserving of the championships that they, have of course, haven't gotten. they only gotten one that I talk about such a topic today that very much supports them and bashes the Eagles' faith in analytics. You're listening to High Voltage with Double A. I am your host, Double A. Yes, I am very much old school. But more than anything else, I like to win. Or actually, I shouldn't even say that. I hate to lose more than I love winning. And whether that's being old school or being new school, Hella high water. I'm going to do what it takes to win. Running the ball is the most effective way to win football games. You might say, well, that was the thinking 30 years ago, 10 years ago. It still works today. And I'm going to tell you why throughout this episode. Now, it doesn't work like that today. And what I mean it doesn't work like that. Analytics has turned football into a pass-happy league. You see teams pass the ball way more than they did years ago. You see teams with superstar-level quarterbacks, the Mahomes, the Allens, the Hurts, and the Mars, put the ball in their hands, which I understand that logic. When the game is on the line, the formula to winning put the ball in the guy that should guide you to win. Most of the time, that is a quarterback, not a running back. However, it's the same analytics that says it's okay to strike out more in baseball because you're going for home runs. Or the same analytics that says you should try to make more three-pointers at a lesser percentage than two-pointers at a higher percentage. You might say, well, it's different sports you shouldn't be comparing. Oh, yes, I can. It's all about a model. And you could say, of course, a little bit of thinking to back that up. But kind of think about it like the basketball example. Three-pointers versus two-pointers. Think about this formula. 3x plus 2y. 3 is obviously more than 2. So 3-pointer, more than 2-pointer. We all know that. Now, the letter, 3x, 2y. The letter x is the percentage that you make 3-pointers. y is the percentage that you make 2-pointers. You're going to make less 3-pointers percentage-wise than 2-pointers because 2-pointers are easier. You have layups, you have dunks you have shots closer to the basket. Meanwhile, three-pointers could be as, you know, the other side of the court. It could be half court. They're way farther away. And with the basket being, you know, only as big as it is, it's hard to make shots. And I know they're professional basketball players, but still. 40% is very good three-point shooting. With 2 points, is supposed to be 60%. And so how does this come back to, to football? This model or just their thinking will always be influenced by the more heavily weighted play and not the conservative one. So three-pointer weighs more than a two-pointer. I will rather take the two-pointer because you're going to make more of them. And again, it's easier to make so I can bank on that. It's conservative, but it works most of the time. Three-pointers is harder to make. You're going to get one more point for every basket you make, but the low percentage is going to justify... Or well, the difference in percentages between three-pointers that you make and two-pointers going to justify the difference. And in my opinion, it doesn't. But I cut myself off. What I was talking about with football, how it translates to football. The big explosive play usually happens through the air than on the ground. Like a 75-yard touchdown. Do you usually get that through a running back running the ball? Or do you get that C.J. Stroud to Nico Collins? You usually get it through the air. Therefore, making it more appealing to pass the ball more. Now, is it risky to make such a play through the air? Yes. Because you, you could get an interception, you know, whatever. You can also say the same thing about fumble. But passing the ball in general is harder than running the ball. A lot more has to happen. Like you have to, the receiver needs to get open. The O-line needs to block. QB needs to throw an accurate ball. When it comes to running, O-line needs to block. Running back needs to hold onto the ball. Two things you have to worry about versus three things. Need I I need to say more. At least with that regard. But when it comes to this model or thinking, passing the ball, like I said, seems more appealing because you can get more yards out of a given play. And I know I brought up 75 yards. It doesn't need to be 75 yards. It could be 30. It could be 40. But the main point of a drive when you're going down the field is to score, whether it's three points, Six points, eight points doesn't matter as long as you score, because that is the objective of the game. You have to score more points than the opponent. Then who cares how you did it? With basketball, I understand you want to maximize the amount of points you get and how you get there. There's less options, there's less flexibility than with football. Like you in basketball, you can get one point on a possession, you get two points on a possession, three points on a possession, four points on a possession. With football. Forget the points for for, for a second. Uh, basketball that still stands. Just how you get there, right? Like you had to pass the ball, you know, like and then you had to eventually shoot it. Could be a dunk, could be a three pointer, could be a free throw, could be a jump shot. That it, like it with football. Just how it, possessions work in in res, in their respective sports. It's just so different. Football it takes time. It's culmination, right? You gotta. It's it's a little bit more slow moving at, at most, for the most part. It's not going to be sixty yard touchdowns every time. With basketball, it's quick. Like you got to pass the ball. There's screens, you know, whatever. But you only get twenty four seconds. With football, you can take up as much time as you want. Now, again, with, with basketball, like I said, there's not too many kinds of shots you can take. And with football, there's only run or pass. But at the end of the day, you can take up as much time. You can get one yard on a play. You could get you could get penalties it just works so differently with basketball i understand it more with taking three pointers because there's just less options with what to do on a given possession than with football where you can go backwards you could go forwards you could take up a whole quarter of time because the clock is on your side there with basketball it never is 24 seconds like there's not that many possessions that last less than 24 seconds in football so again with football i don't care how you score as long as you score so it could be through the pass it could be through the run why then are you valuing the pass more than the run when both are supposed to complement each other both of them are supposed to work together it's mainly because they they just they're viewing it as which one could get me more yards on a given play and they don't care about risk that much on how to make that play so three pointers is way more risky they don't care They just care about the three, that's more than two. With football, they care about the 30 yards you get on a passing play, which is way easier to do than a running play, than the fact that it's way harder to pass the ball than running the ball. Okay, so that's kind of like my bird's eye view, kind of look as to why I'm not a big fan of analytics in terms of at least in the game of football or my lack of belief of analytics in regards to this issue passing versus running if you want to win football games on the field let's get into why the eagles should have ran the ball more than go with the flashy pass play deep ball Devontae and aj brown they even incorporate dallas goddard that much and i shouldn't even just blame the eagles obviously i mean they're the home team but they're not the only ones doing this they're not on the field. This is why running the ball is the best formula to win. If you do it well enough, I, I have to start off with that, okay? Like, if you're only getting two yards a carry on average, that it's not going to be great. Like, that's like fullback or QB sneak kind of stuff. You need to get at least two and a half, three yards a carry at least, which isn't asking for a lot, especially if you're a competent running back. So if you do it well enough, which I just defined as at around two and a half, three yards a carry. Running the ball means you can control the clock. You can dominate time of possession. And just like you guys saw with the Eagles-Cardinals game, it's a huge factor of deciding who wins the game. It's not often you see a team with more time of possession lose a game because if that happens, it means they probably threw pick sixes or they gave up big plays, something along those lines that the team who won wasn't on offense that long, and the team that did have the ball most of the time didn't do a whole lot with it. That You don't see that that often, because in theory, when you have the ball more often, you're, you control the ball, and if you do that for longer, that means you're continuing the possession, which means you're going down the field, and when you get close and close to the end zone, you're more likely to score. You don't necessarily have to run the ball to, to control the clock. But one of the problems with passing is that you could get an incompletion, which stops the clock. If you want to dominate time and possession, you want to dominate the line of scrimmage, you run the ball. No matter what, after the play is over, when you run the ball, the clock keeps going. The clock is on your side. You get to dictate. You, you can, tempo is a big thing in basketball. You control the tempo. When you run the ball effectively enough, and you, you have to do it enough, and plus think about this: when you ball, run the ball enough place, like sixty percent, seventy percent of your drive, and you and, and you know you control the clock, you're out there for at least five or six minutes. The defense that you're going up against, they get wore down more often trying to stop the run. Because not only are on, they on the field longer, and now, of course, you could say, what about substitutions, you know, whatever, but you can only substitute for so many players. You can only do it so many times, you need, and sometimes you have to be careful doing it, because you may get 12 bound on the field penalties, you may get miscommunication, whatever. But just think about trying to stop the run for a second. Stopping the run, you may think is easy, but over time, it gets way harder because it's so physical, that aspect of football. You have the tackling aspect, the blocking aspect, you're trying everyone's trying to run to the ball. With passing, you stick with your man or you stay in his zone. You're not really running around that much. Because you it's not like you necessarily have to go so far out of your way. You're supposed to stay with stay with your assignment and don't abort. But that doesn't mean you have to like run that much with running the ball you go to the ball carrier you don't know where the ball carrier is going they could even have misdirection so like not only does it wear down your legs because you're trying to run and and eventually tackle the guy but you get mentally beat down because the the drive he's going five six seven minutes and you're still on the field you're like you almost get morally defeated like are we going to stop this team from scoring a touchdown how much longer do i stay on the field for like it's harder to to rev up that engine when you're running out of gas. For these guys, they don't, they're not in control. The offense is in control because they still have the ball, and and basically they're deciding what you know what they're doing with it. With with passing it, like I said, passing is more difficult. So like you give the defense confidence with with incompletions, or you throw the ball away. In, in which I mean, think about throwing the ball away for a second. You're you're getting pressure on the quarterback. You could get your quarterback hurt. We have a, a ton of great uh, star edge rushers in our game. T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Hassan Redick, Michael Parsons. None of those guys are going to the divisional round. None of them. Think about what the Packers did. They ran the ball. You didn't really hear Micah's name that much. T.J. Watt was out. I know that. Fine. But think about Hassan Reddick. The Eagles' run defense faltered. They are supposed to be a great run defense mainly because of Jordan Davis, run stopper. Unfortunately, he has not worked out since the bye week. But star edge rushers are more limited when it comes to the running game because not only can you run the ball away from them, like if Micah is on the left side, you go to the right. Get away from Micah because I understand, like, when it comes to edge rushers, they're known for sacking the guy, disrupting plays, negative yards, which can kill drives. Sacks are drive killers, but that also takes time the sack to develop. Like if the quarterback's in the pocket for 3 4 seconds, that's enough time for those edge rushers to get to the quarterback. But when it comes to rushing, they have less time to not only get off their block, but also get to the ball carrier. So and and you're making them move, you're making them do more, you're frustrating them more. So that's also a huge positive that the running game has that the passing game doesn't and it's a huge risk because like like I just said sacks sacks uh, a drive killer, so like 7-8 yards, you're talking about 3rd and eighteen, second and 20. Meanwhile, when you get a loss on a running play, it's like 1 or 2 yards. For the most part, you may have, you know, stupid jet sweeping, which I'm not saying jet sweeps. I don't like jet sweeps. 3-yard loss, which could be because of pitch play. Like, you, you can always have a linebacker getting free, open, unblocked. But if you're going down the middle or an outside stretch run, you don't get that many plays that has a devastating loss on the on the amount of yards that the running back got. So that also, nobody really mentions that when it comes to like the running or the passing play. I get it. Passing the ball is way more flashy. Running the ball is grit and tough and it, it, it's slower, but it still works. People today just want the huge plays. Like, look at all, look at that catch or that toe drag. Running the ball... Just just because it's not flashy doesn't mean it isn't effective. Like, four, if you do a four-yard run, every run, you're going to get to the end zone every time. Now, it may take you, like, 19 carries. It's going to be a long drive. It's going to be like, this is boring. But fans should not care. And I don't think they do care, but we're talking about nationally here, right? When it comes to the fans... The fans want a winning product. And what the Eagles have is they... I'm not sure it's a matter of trust. But they're like, we have two great weapons. We have a great quarterback. Analytics say, we should pass more. And I mean, they are one of the most heaviest relied on teams when it comes to vertical routes. A receiver just going deep. But yet Jalen's statistics on it, not great at it. I think he has... Like eight interceptions, ten touchdowns with it. Like, it might not even be ten touchdowns, but it's not great. I'm not, and, and, and don't get me wrong, this is not an Eagles episode. I don't know it's the coaches, I don't know it's the players. It's blurry. The line is blurry. It could be a matter of execution, it could be a matter of scheming, it could be a matter of trust or communication. I don't know. Nobody knows except for them, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what we see, and what we see is a team that wants to be driven by analytics but should have more belief in running the ball because the logic fits teams that usually win the super bowl establish a running game and you know why that's always good because like i said earlier the running game can set up the passing game vice versa the run sets up the play action and if you're utilizing both properly run game passing game i don't know what the perfect strike would be 50 percent each 60 percent running i don't know and I get it. You pay Devontae a lot of money. You pay AJ and Dallas and Jalen Hurts a lot of money. But it doesn't mean that you should abandon logic just because the analytics is telling you you should pass it more. Like, it, like come on. The defense is kept on their toes when you bounce when out the run and pass. You want to be unpredictable. And for the most part, the Eagles are very predictable. They, they don't usually have Jalen under center. And I think that's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. For the most part, when a guy is in shotgun or in empty, they are going to pass the ball, which gives the quarterback a little bit of extra time. The fact that he's more away from the line of scrimmage, from from the trenches, to avoid getting sacked, gives him a little bit more time. I don't get it why they can't mix it in just so again they could be less predictable. And a lot of things I'm telling you, fans have told me, whether directly or on the radio. So I'm not the only one here. Another reason, and this is good, and I know it could work both ways, but when you run the ball and you dominate the clock, it keeps your defensive players fresh off the field. Now, you could say it keeps your opponent's offense on the, off the field fresh. The reason why it's better for your defense, too, because they absorb more of the brunt. Like, they're the ones, you know, got to make the, the run to the ball carrier. They got to tackle they got to absorb the offensive line. I know the offensive line, it, it goes both ways. But when a defense is tired, you can really see it. You don't typically see offenses being tired, do you? That's the thing. Your defense is fresh. They can be more explosive. They can be on their toes and do so successfully. The offenses I mean, when have when you last heard of the offense is tired? <laughs> I, I haven't. So definitely just, again, another... Yet another positive as to why I would run the ball. And you might say, well, what about running backs? Are you worried about your running backs? No, I'm not. And this is actually kind of an episode, kind of like, you know, trying to vouch for running backs. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why running backs are so diminished today. Like Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs getting franchise tagged. Larry Fournette having to wait until the season starts to finally land in Buffalo deandre swift getting traded for just for six round pick to the eagles like it's ridiculous running backs prove my notion of that anal- analytics is mark in today's game if teams are passing the ball and relying on it way more than five ten years ago then the value of running backs going to diminish And you might say well that's just the position of course it's going to be diminished yes and you could say well there's a lot of good running backs of course the good one's going to be diminished. Yes. But it should not get so to this degree because you can still use a rotation of three or four, which is what I would do. And now, look, I get it. You know, the like DeMarco Murray, Zeke Elliott, I get it. Once once you use up all the juice, you're not going to have anything left to squeeze. When it comes to, like, the Tony Paz of the world, I mean, come on. you got to give them more of a chance. And if I'm a firm believer in the running game, I'm a firm believer in running backs don't get me wrong i am not as a, as a general manager i'm not saying like yeah you gotta pay these guys fifteen million, twenty million, 20 million you know whatever i'm always trying to as a general manager go below the guy's market value i mean you want to be efficient with the money that you have especially in football where it's a hard cap you cannot go over it you have a budget you have to stay under it but running backs in my eyes are more valuable because so I think the analytics here have it wrong. And think about the hard cap for a second. I just brought that up. Quarterbacks are very expensive. And I mean, you see their numbers skyrocketing. Like Even Kirk Cousins is making like $40 million and he shouldn't. Same thing with Daniel Jones, too. The analytics say, like, okay, we value the passing game. You have to value the quarterback, and their numbers are skyrocketing. So, like, you see passing game higher, value quarterbacks higher. Same effect with running backs. It's both... You know we don't value them as much; they're not getting paid as much, especially when it comes to their contracts. I think Nick Chubb may be the last one with you know kind of like a four-year extension kind of kind of deal, and and Derek Henry. I think he's about to be a free agent actually. But if I'm making a team, I would value the running running back. Now I'm not. I may not pay them over 10 million, but I'm also I don't necessarily need a quarterback to be over 25, 30 million dollars. I need a game manager. I need a good running game. I need a good O-line. One or two good receivers because on third down, third and ten, I I'm going to need them to make a play, especially on a tight end. So the Eagles have it. But Jalen costs a lot of money. And unfortunately, coaches seem, or, or the front office, I should rather say, seem they don't trust the running game. Now, a team like Tennessee, they trust the running game. Otherwise, they would have not paid Derek Henry. Now, it hasn't worked out. The past two years, they got a new... GM, so there may be a little bit of miscommunication, misconnect there, but it still works. Just pay attention to it as these playoffs go along of why the running game is vital. And if you want to talk about I'm always at your service as long as you have my number. I'll leave you with these two tidbits. The first one I found, the first one I found with the research that I was doing before I began this episode has to do with interceptions and fumbles because that's part of the equation here like when you run the ball you could fumble it you can turn the ball over with passing it you could i mean a sack fumble you know that that could theoretically happen and of course interceptions so i was looking at it and i and i would say okay interceptions versus fumbles let me see what people say and they actually value people in the football statistics world They value interceptions as better than a fumble because of the field position that you get after the turnover. I think that's bias. They found that there's a difference of five yards of field position. I mean, that doesn't really make sense to me. Like, when a guy fumbles it, the person who fumbles is bound to be closer to the line of scrimmage rather than an interception where you probably have heard the term before or maybe not, arm punt. The person intercepting the ball... Is going to be way farther away from the line of scrimmage. So when I was finding this research, they were just, you know, determining which is more valuable, which is, of course, you know, which one's less valuable as a result. They said interceptions was worth negative 45 yards and fumble was worth negative 50. And the difference of five yards should go to the fumble, but they said that interceptions can be returned and have been returned more often than fumbles. For our purposes, from theory, from an offensive standpoint, they probably, the, pe- the people with the analytics, are saying that, okay, if we're going to turn over the ball, fumble, interception, fumbles costs us more field position than an interception does. Now, an interception can be returned, but if we're going to throw the ball deep, essentially it kind of acts like a punt rather than a fumble where if, if the running back gets a five-yard game fumbles it, I mean, that's a big difference right there between those two examples. So from that standpoint, it still to me just does not make that much sense as to why you choose to not value the running game that highly. Like the field position, the, the, the examples I gave – they're big, right? But it shouldn't like it's not significant enough. It's like it should be kind of like independent on the chance of the likelihood of the upcoming drive being successful or not. Like a lot of things still have to happen. Like if you start at the fifty versus your own thirty, that's a difference of twenty yards. Yeah, it seems like you're more likely to score from the fifty, but you don't know that. It's football. You still got to execute. So. That should be independent rather than saying, like, okay, if we fumble it, the opponent gets the ball at the 50, that's not good. So we're going to choose to throw it. You're still giving up the ball anyway. If you're saying, if we're going to, if we're going to turn, turn the ball over, we'd rather do it through interceptions because of field position. We'd rather have an opponent starting at their 20 rather than at, than at the 50. You don't want turnovers. You're way less likely to fumble the ball than you are to intercept it. And I'll get to that number in one second. Plus, a fumble's not always recovered by the opponent. While if you do turn over the ball via interception, it is always going to be a turnover. Always. That's in its definition. You can lose a fumble and still recover it. That's what you have to put in the equation there. And I don't think they, they do. Even though, again, it's me talking. I don't have any model or anything built into it to calculate and put up numbers even though to the analytics people they're all about numbers it's hard to numerically quantify the game of football let's just say that it's very difficult you could just say with sports in general but baseball is a w- way more more so because it's way bigger sample size but number two and i just brought it up is that there's just way more interceptions this season and probably every season than fumbles now, I have the numbers here, but I was, I was thinking about it just a second ago, and something came across to me. The way in which we're talking about this episode, running game versus passing game, which one helps you win more? And obviously, if you turn the ball over, you're not helping your chances of winning because you don't have that many possessions to score. And I know you could score with the opponent having the ball, but you just cannot bank on that. A lot has to go right in your favor for that to happen. Whether it's a fumble six or a pick six or safety, like you, that just it just doesn't happen that often. But the way in which I should have viewed it is not interceptions versus fumbles. I should have viewed it as turnovers on a passing play versus turnovers on a running play. The interceptions that I have here is four hundred and thirty. The fumbles that I have here is three hundred four. When you combine those two, you have the percentage of when it when it comes to all the turnovers, fumbles, interceptions. Fifty eight point five percent is via the interception. With the other forty one and a half going into fumbles. Now here's what's wrong with that. Obviously if that that helps my case, man, you know, there's a lot of interceptions in this league. A lot. And you could say bias, because there's when there's a lot more passing plays, you're gonna get a lot more interceptions. Just like when you shoot the ball more often, you're you're gonna Miss more often. Like no one's perfect here. The more you do something, the more with that thing is going to happen. Make or miss. Fumble, no fumble, interception, incompletion, completion. Like just when you do more passing, you're going to get more of those. More running, you're going to get more fumbles. It's, it's that, that, That's just logic. That's just the attempts going up. And then with any of those attempts, something could happen. Here's the thing. The 304 fumbles is misleading. We know that all the 430 of the interceptions came on a passing play. However, I do not know when it comes to all 304 fumbles that it came on a running play because you do have strip sacks. You do have a QB running out of the pocket trying to find someone open. And then the ball gets loose and it may not even be considered a sack. But the play that was called was passing. If it's not a desired run, it is a pass. So like when Jalen Hurts fumbles the ball, if we know it was not a design run, that is a passing play. So I do really think with that said, I'm and again I'll talk about specifically what with the fumbles, does it come with the running back or the fullback? or with the quarterback, a design run play. And if that's not the case, and you could also even have a wide receiver fumbling the ball, a tight end running back fumbling the ball after they catch it. So that could also happen too. So it's a little bit of a trickier number to figure out based on the data in which I have, and I have not completely gone you know, so, so deep into it. I have just the raw numbers based on what I looked at ESPN. 430 and 304 by guarantee on passing plays at minimum 70 percent of the turnovers happen on a passing play and that's high and that's what you get i mean when you're asking for a big time play you're risking a lot and that's another reason you could turn over the ball not just an interception and making your life harder when it comes like third down or you know eventually you get to fourth down and then you have to punt it you could turn over the ball, helping your opponent win the game, which of course doesn't help you win the game. So definitely something to think about as the off-season begins for the Eagles and the playoffs continue all the way until f- what mid-February or early February, the Super Bowl. But I definitely will say this before we kiss out goodbyes, before we say farewell. The Eagles fans are right. Now, I am definitely curious. If we did a what if, what if Eagles fans controlled their team? That would be reality TV. That would be awesome. But you have to admit, this is a smart fan base. When they watch football, they know what they're talking about. Their eyes are not blind. They know their sport. They know their team. They know how to win. So when they say run the ball, you probably should run the ball. And again, I get it. If you're running the ball and you're paying A.J. Brown $20 million, you might have said, okay, that might have been a little bit of an overpay. And he got the numbers he got because they passed the ball as much as they did. And yeah, they did go to 10-1, and one, but they didn't run the ball enough, and that crack was fully showing. DeAndre Swift was very productive. I mean, he made a Pro Bowl this year, his first ever Pro Bowl. Hometown kid. But the Eagles, man, they miss an opportunity here. And it's really unfortunate that the front office is seeping into... The coach, coaching staff, onto the field. Analytics somewhat has its place in the NFL already. You know, going for it on fourth down, two-point conversions, whatever. But when it comes to this, and I mean, it already made its mark, so who am I to say? But it's flawed. It's flawed because, like I said earlier with baseball, you know, you're going for the home run, which is way more riskier play, but it's weighed heavily if if you do, in fact, hit a home run. If you make a three-pointer versus a two-pointer, like I am going for the conservative option. I should not get punished for that because I actually like when I you know, do something a lot more often even though the amount that I'm getting back isn't as high. And that's okay. If I do it high enough, shooting 70% of two-pointers or getting a 310 batting average, that should help my team win. And if I run the ball effectively... Three and a half yards a carry. Four yards a carry. We will win football games. And the fans know this. I think most fans know this. But you have a lot of the Newtown kids pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. The old time heads run the ball, run the ball. It's an issue that will never be settled. Only if the big game has two teams. One really runs the ball a lot and the other one passes the ball a lot. Then we'll see... Big time, who's right and who's wrong. And I know who's gonna come out on top. You know why? Because defense wins championships and running the ball really helps your defense. And all the defenses guys, whether it's cornerbacks, linebackers, defensive ends, they tell you running the ball helps you win games. Coaches, retired head coaches, tell you running ball helps you win games. It deals with so much. And yet we are just so much in love with the pass because of all the highlights and the Justin Jeffersons of the world and Travis Kelsey and the big-time guys, Jamar Chase, Lamar Jackson, the quarterback. And I get it. If, if you score more points via the pass in the league, once more points being scored, then, yeah, on, on on the surface, it looks, you know, you could do me wrong, but there's a better way of doing something, and that is why I'm here to challenge it. So I, I, I use logic, and I try to find the norm. And there's no bigger Picture, no bigger way to do that than on a football field and just pounding the ground. I don't even need a great, great running back. I need a solid one. Like Boston Scott is perfectly fine, perfectly capable. Rashad Penny, as long as he's healthy, perfectly capable. Kenneth Gabriel, he's fine. We're not asking for too much. And if your defense stays fresh, gives up not even 20 points, your offense is bound to put up at least 24 every game and with the eagles they didn't even score 10 against tampa so it's going to be a long off season i don't know what's going to happen you could definitely let me know you know we could talk about football if you want i'm a baseball guy but at least in this way this was a f- fascinating episode for me to explore to do in football but hopefully you enjoy the rest of the playoffs hopefully you guys did well in fantasy football i know i did but if you're done with the football season, at least baseball's around the corner. And I'm very psyched for it. Very psyched. So thank you all for listening. Listen to previous episodes that we did. We definitely have done an analytics episode. We definitely have done sports episodes. We haven't done them too much lately. If you want me to get more back on it, more than happy to listen to suggestions. But thank you all again. Love you. Go Birds. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at high voltage with double A.